Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Doug Woodward exposes the lie of ancient aliens, and Pastor Larry Spargimino has an important update on our outreach efforts in Pakistan. Another week of bringing clarity to the chaos is underway. With your prayer support and generous financial gifts, we are able to bring you this daily program on almost 600 radio signals, as a podcast, and online around the world. Thank you. Thank you for your support. If you're a new listener to Watchmen on the Wall, be sure and request our free new listener pack. Inside, you'll receive the latest issue of our Prophetic Observer newsletter, some history on the ministry, and a free gift. Call today and request your free new listener pack, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or online, swrc.com. Despite discovering Mars's unsuitability for life of most every kind, myths continue to flourish about intelligent life once present there, channeled encounters with aliens, rapid space travel back and forth to Mars, and a massive military base, some theorists believe, exists beneath its surface. Doug Woodward and James Collins come now to examine the theory that is being spread, that we are all from ancient aliens. In 2009, the History Channel aired a two-hour documentary special titled Ancient Aliens. The very next year, the show was picked up as a series. Since then, Ancient Aliens has gone on to become one of the highest-rated programs on cable television. The premise is that extraterrestrial beings visited Earth in prehistoric times and brought life to the planet. Once humanity sprang up, these ancient aliens introduced civilization, architecture, and technology to primitive humans. The television show asserts that ancient man's achievements in language, mathematics, science, and technology, and construction, such as the building of the Egyptian pyramids, came about because of the influence of ancient aliens. Joining me today to talk about this topic is S. Douglas Woodward. Doug has written a book on the ancient aliens theory and its relationship to the planet Mars. The book is titled Lying Wonders of the Red Planet, and I'm excited to have Doug with us today on the Watchman on the Wall. Doug, thanks for joining me today. Hey, James. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. Well, Doug, you're a longtime friend of our ministry, but it's been a while since you've been on our program. Would you take just a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself? Would you share your testimony, how you came to know Jesus Christ? Well, I was born and raised in Oklahoma City, so I'm an Okie. Went to University of Oklahoma, big OU football fan. But I got into high technology and was a general manager at Microsoft for a number of years, at Oracle, at Ernst & Young. I was a partner for about 10 years. I developed my own business focused on helping young companies and startups get financing. So I did work on the West Coast, mostly located in Seattle, where I was living for about 20 years. Did some work in Silicon Valley and so forth. My testimony really revolves initially around when I was 15 years old, I had cancer, and I lost my left leg to cancer. I was providentially blessed to make it through, probably no better than a 10% chance to make it through that illness. But with lots of prayer from all over the country, people prayed for me. I got well. Once that happened, I felt there was sort of a call in my life. I started planning to go 
into the ministry for some strange reasons that never quite worked out. But informally, I continued to read and study and for, you know, many years talked with people about prophecy and so forth. But about the year 2010, I began writing, really zeroing in on prophecy. I've written almost 20 books now. Many of them deal specifically with prophecy. Some deal with the Scripture, the Bible, how we obtain the Bible through the centuries. And then this particular book on Mars deals with what I consider to be the gospel of E.T., that it is a religion, ancient aliens is a religion, and it is a popular one that really includes an awful lot of people that have kind of fallen prey to it, I'm afraid. So the planet Mars turns out that about 150 years ago, our society, Western society, began to be very fascinated by Mars, and as we'll talk, it combined both interest in Mars and spiritualism, or spiritism, and the paranormal. And so there's a lot of interesting, somewhat paradoxical, but definitely connections in that respect. Well, Doug, before we get into the book, I want to ask you about the biblical basis for us even talking about this. Every time I have a guest on and we talk about ancient aliens or aliens or UFOs, I get angry phone calls, emails, letters from listeners. Most of them say that this is not a biblical subject, but now this is very biblical, isn't it? It is, especially when you get into it and you see what a lot of the people are talking about, whether they're Christian in their theology or whether they are not, you see a lot of supernatural things, you see discussions of angels, but probably the single biggest thing that warrants our talking about it is an alternative belief as to how humanity came about on this earth. In a nutshell, the theory that is advanced by so many authors is that civilization began initially on Mars and somehow sprang from Mars to the Earth. And so we see that in writings 100, 120 years ago. We see it in writings that are written only 20 years ago. And so it's been a persistent theme. And so if we're doing good evangelism and practicing the work of the apologist, the defender of the faith, then it's really something that we have to know about and we have to be able to speak to. So I think there's a very strong biblical basis about it is trying to get the issue of origins nailed down and trying to get people to believe the right things. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 1 through 4, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And then the Bible says there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children unto them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Now, concerning that passage, there are basically two primary beliefs. There are those who believe that the sons of God were fallen angels, and those who believe they were descendants of Adam's son, Seth. Would you just kind of elaborate on those two views for us? Well, certainly the Sethite view, as it's known, was probably first articulated carefully by Augustine or Augustine in the 4th century, he was a bishop in North Africa, many folks may recall. And so he was already moving towards sort of an anti-supernatural bias. He postulated that these were not angels that had come in to cohabitate with human women, 
but it was a different godly line, and that, in effect, it was something like when we studied in biology, hybrid vigor. <laughs> the Sethites mm-hmm. were like hybrid vigor. They were bigger, stronger, faster, etc. So that's kind of the view that has been sort of in the background for a long time. Over the last, what, 30 years, we've seen a very intriguing increase in the understanding that these were the sons of God, these were angelic beings, and that the giants were, in fact, real creatures. It wasn't really hybrid vigor, but it was hybrids. (laughs) They were a combination of angels and humans. And that is the view that's been really advanced pretty extensively by many people in the evangelical ranks, and it's one that, that I personally subscribe to. So you're not making the claim that aliens are ETs from another planet, but are instead evil angelic beings, and this is part of the lying signs and wonders of the last day, correct? Yeah, in a simple sense, that's true. There's some footnotes to make to that, but yes, basically, we're dealing not with ET, but we're dealing with fallen angels. We're dealing with somewhat, to some extent, demonic spirits. That's exactly the point that I would make. I'm talking today on The Watchman on the Wall with author S. Douglas Woodward about his fascinating book, Lying Wonders of the Red Planet. The book is available right now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Doug, the Bible says in Ezekiel 28:14, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. I love how you expound on that in the book, The Lying Wonders <laughs> of the Red Planet. What exactly were the stones of fire that Satan walked between? Well, I'd say the prudent or conservative point of view was that they were just the jewels that are enumerated there in that passage, the topaz and the emerald and the ruby and all that that those were, you know, glossy stones and so forth. But that's not the view that I hold. The view I hold is that Satan, or Lucifer, depending upon the name you choose for him, was in fact a cherub that had rebelled against God and that he was in our solar system. And the stones of fire were the planets that had a fiery appearance in the sky, probably much more so 15, well, I should say more like 2,500 years ago than today, which is another story and another book unto itself. But yes, that the stones of fire were likely the planets, and he could hopscotch from one to the other. That seems to be the view, and it's coupled with the sense also that there were other planets. There are at least two missing planets, and one of those was a planet that was probably the home planet that the planet Mars currently was revolving around as one of its moons. But that planet, which we believe, many of us that believe in this, believe the Bible refers to that planet as Rahab, that God utterly destroyed. And because it's clear from some of the astronomical findings out there, the asteroid belt, for instance, the nature of the moons of Mars, these two giant rocks that orbit Mars so rapidly, Deimos and Phoebus, I'm trying to remember the exact pronunciation. All of those sort of physical facts combined together to suggest something dramatic happened, and there's quite a few more things, as time allows, I can cover as well, that tend to raise questions about whether or not there was, in fact, some type of catastrophe that was perhaps, in my theory, a result of judgment against the cherub Satan. 
Well, let's go back to the beginning of the book. In Lying Wonders of the Red Planet, the book is actually subtitled Exposing the Lie of Ancient Aliens. And in the beginning of the book, describe how the ancient aliens theory got started. Would you elaborate on that a little bit? I talk about in this book about how Mars sort of was laid the groundwork for what's happened in the 21st century. But essentially, in talking about what caused this, the first book that really began to wake people up was Eric Van Dynikin's Chariots of the Gods. We saw that book in the 70s, if I'm not mistaken. That book had a fantastic impact upon millions of people, and that book laid out all kinds of questions about why certain things are the way they are, the types of walls, why the pyramids have so much intelligence built into them, and a whole slew of things. And so Van Dyneken was the spokesperson sort of bringing up all of these issues and raising the question about whether or not humanity was, in fact, the progeny of some type of extraterrestrial civilization. That was sort of the first salvo. We move on, really, then, to Rod Serling, inventor of the Twilight Zone, and his special on television that dealt with themes of Chariots of the Gods. Rod Serling did several shows about that. Then he passed away, and Leonard Nimoy, who was sort of no longer trekking around on the Enterprise, (laughs) took over and did another program, and that program was very popular for quite a number of years. But it seems like that it wasn't really until we hit the ancient alien theory here and that program that this has really taken off. It has become a phenomenon, and it is absolutely a threatening religion to Christianity. And so it's one that we need to become familiar with. I remember the book and the documentary, Chariots of the Gods, by Eric von Dynekin, and I also remember as a kid reading Edgar Rice Burroughs' books about John Carter, the warlord of Mars, and I think of Ray Bradbury, Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, and all those pulp science fiction books that you mentioned, like Argosy, Amazing Stories, they all featured stories about Mars. In fact, you even designed the cover of the book as sort of a callback to those old pulp stories. But it seems like for the past hundred years or so, there's been a complete fascination with Mars in our literature and in our culture. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that in general, Christianity has been tossed out of the worldview of most Westerners, where individuals in the United States may say that they're essentially Christian. They're not really a committed Christian. They have sort of a Christian memory, you might say. They have a very limited understanding of the Bible and so forth. So, you know, it's kind of like there's just a dearth, a shortage of understanding. And, you know, the humankind is, I guess as Pascal said, you know, we're basically incurably religious. And so we're trying to stuff something in that vacuum that we created when we dismissed the concept of God and Jesus Christ. We're substituting. We're coming up with a substitutionary religion. So we're fascinated by the supernatural. Americans in particular are fascinated by the supernatural. And as you just listed, I do talk extensively about the literature over the last 150 years that demonstrates just how fascinated that Americans have been with the planet Mars. As you can see when you read the book, there are so many sources of information that reinforce this theme. It's truly remarkable when you take the time to trace it, which is what I did. The Bible says there's a coming great deception 
and you write about that in Lying Wonders of the Red Planet. In your opinion, what is the final great deception, and what is Mars' role in it? Well, I speculate a little bit in terms of Mars' role. I think that the final great deception is that we are going to be made as gods. We're going to either have a DNA upgrade, or we're going to become united somehow with artificial intelligence. We're going to become a semi-human, so it's known as transhumanism. That's already happening. Many theorize, I'm not necessarily there yet, but many theorize that the vaccine contains nanobots, contains chips and other things that could be influencing us towards control, towards transhumanism. And so the ultimate deception is that through this transformation, we're going to become like God, we're going to become immortal, or much more nearly immortal. And so that's going to be, I think, the great deception that we accept the mark of the beast and somehow that mark of the beast is promising to us better life and freedom from our problems, etc. Of course, it turns out that it's the mark of death. That has to do with my next question. I was going to ask about the spiritual aspect of the deception. If people become convinced that we somehow were not created by God and His image, but instead came from ancient aliens, wouldn't that make it easier for the Antichrist and the false prophet to convert people to that future one-world religion and have easier time of gaining control? I think so, and this is where Mars could fit in. There's, uh, as you know, and most of your listeners will know, that back in the early 70s, the Viking spacecraft flew by Mars and took photographs. One of those photographs was of the face of Cydonia. It appears to be a humanoid-type face. Upon further analysis, it's sort of got half of it looks more like a lion and half of it looks more like a human, which happens to be what a cherub may look like, at least on one side. So there's been a tremendous amount of speculation that when we study the surface of Mars, particularly around this area known as Cydonia, that we begin to see evidence that there could be or could have been an ancient civilization on Mars at one time. And so there is some substantial evidence to suggest that. We won't have time to go into a lot of it, but I do go into it into the book. But probably one of the more alarming things is by a physicist and scientist named John Brandenburg. who wrote a book about Mars, and he lays out the case that there is a particular isotope in the atmosphere of planet Mars that can only come about based upon the firing of an atomic bomb, some type of atomic weapon, and it creates a strontium particular isotope, which I don't recall the name or the number of it, but that suggests that something happened on the surface of the planet that was not natural, it was unnatural. That, combined with so many other factors, makes a strong case for the fact that something may have happened on Mars prior to the story that unfolds in the Bible. This is such a fascinating topic that we're going to have Doug back with us again next time. The book is titled Lying Wonders of the Red Planet. The author is S. Douglas Woodward. Doug, thank you for a great interview. look forward to talking with you again. Thank you so much for having me. Doug Woodward will reveal more lies of the Red Planet next time. Today, we have Doug Woodward's book, Lying Wonders of the Red Planet, Exposing the Lie of Ancient Aliens. This book exposes the push and conditioning of people to believe the theory that we come from ancient aliens. 
Order your copy of Lion Wonders of the Red Planet today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online swrc.com. Your partnership with Watchmen on the Wall includes support of a Christian school in Pakistan. Our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, is here with an important update on the impact you are having and the needs that are being faced in Pakistan. I love good news, especially good news about the gospel reaching the unreached like young people and adults in Pakistan. Pastor Victor Samuel is with us on the phone. I've known Pastor Victor since my first trip to Pakistan in 2009, in November of that year. Pastor Victor is the pastor of Grace Bible Church and also the headmaster of Grace Charity School. We do have a special need for the school. Friends, God has been providing more and more students for the school, and we are in the process of purchasing a parcel of land that is immediately adjacent to the school. We need to get that land because we want to be able to control land right next to the school. So the final payment is coming up. We are doing this little program making an appeal to you. And of course, we pray that you would know the Lord and know the Lord's voice and do what he tells you to do. And we'll tell you how you can help with this important work. Pastor Victor, thank you so much for the work that you are doing in Pakistan and also for these few minutes to talk with you. Thank you so much, Pastor Larry, for having me today with you. And we are grateful to your all efforts and thoughts, what you are doing there and what you're doing here in Pakistan through your prayers and your support. Well, Pastor Victor, tell us about the need for this parcel of land and why it is so important to the ministry of Grace Charity School. How will it help the 400-plus students and the teachers, and why it's so necessary that we get this land? Well, I would like to tell you that, first of all, that I'm Pastor Victor Samuel, and living and serving Christ here in Tabatek, Sintendra, Pakistan. My mission here is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with children and to meet their basic needs of education, shelter, and supplemental nutrition. There are many children I meet in nearby villages while on outreach who are in very desperate living conditions. You know, many of these children work long days alongside their parents, many making breaks from mud, working hard for not enough to escape poverty in their lifetime. Often these children do not have proper food, clothing, or shelter either. The future for these children be comparable to slavery. Mm. Poverty prevents these children from receiving the education. They need to break free from poverty change, you know. Right. And I want to tell you all that there are challenges for the children of Pakistan. Pakistan is facing a serious challenge to ensure all children, particularly the most disadvantaged, attend, stay, and learn in school. And right now, you must know that the currently Pakistan has the world's second highest number of out-of-school children with an estimated 22.8 million children aged mm. 5 to 16 not attending school, right. representing 44% mm. of total population in this age group, you know. 
So that's why it's very important for the children to get an education here in Pakistan. So I appreciate you once again, Pastor Larry, for your faithfulness for towards this ministry here in Pakistan. And also grateful for Southwest Radio Ministry for contributing for this kind and mercy ministry in Pakistan. Well, it's a wonderful ministry, and I've been there three times, and I've seen you and seen the work, and it's such a blessing to me because so many of these children would not be able to get a good education if it were not for Grace Charity School. Now, Pastor Victor, I understand there are two campuses. There's the main campus in Tobatexing, and I believe a smaller campus in Kamalia. Yes, sir. We have another campus that we started in 2020. And you will not believe that there was no Christian school at all since Pakistan owned. Yes. And children were not getting an education. So right. I praise the Lord for Grace Charity School and its mission. And I want to tell you that Grace Charity High School strives to help students strengthen their relationship with God, build a foundation of moral character, and achieve yes. academic successes. You will see is value in every aspect of our school. So that's why we started this school, so the children may have a good relationship with God, first of all. And then we here in Pakistan working with these children since September uh, 2010. Wow. Well, friends, if you have any questions about the school, call me directly, 1-800-652-1144, or you can send me an email Larry at swrc.com. You can send your gift for the school to Southwest Radio Church. That's Post Office Box 76834, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73147. So Post Office Box 76834, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73147. I would love to talk to anyone about the school. I've been working with the school, working with Pastor Victor for many, many years, I think 12 or 13 years. We have gotten reports from other American pastors who have gone there and who have seen the marvelous, the amazing, the miraculous work that is taking place. So this is an investment in the work of the gospel in Pakistan. And as a matter of fact, all over the world, because our world is so small today. And if you make a contribution, whatever the Lord touches you to make, whatever it is, you will be blessed. I know that. And you will have the joy of knowing that you are making a difference in the world for the name of Jesus. Well, Pastor Victor, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me once again. And we love you guys and really appreciate and grateful for your help. Friends, thank you for giving prayerful thought to this need. Order your copy of Lying Wonders of the Red Planet by Doug Woodward today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Tomorrow, more insight into the lies of ancient aliens with author Doug Woodward. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. 
Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.